Welcome to the Lead On Podcast. This is Jeff Orge, the president of Gateway Seminary, talking with you once again about practical issues related to ministry leadership. Today, I'd like to start the podcast by telling you a story about a recent conversation I had with another veteran ministry leader. We were swapping stories about different aspects of ministry leadership and what had shaped us and helped us become the leaders that we have both become. And then we shared with each other some of the best advice we received when we were starting out as pastors. My friend told me this. He said, a mentor put his arm around me one day and whispered, develop thick skin, but keep a tender heart. Then my friend said to me, you know, Jeff, it's been harder than I thought it would be. It's easier to develop a thin skin and a hard heart. I want to talk to you on the podcast today about thick or thin. I want to talk to you about developing a thick skin and a tender heart, not a thin skin and a hard heart. I want to talk with you about what it means to move through a life of ministry leadership, maintaining a balanced equilibrium spiritually, emotionally, relationally, in the context of all of the demands that come at us every day. This conversation with my friend has really resonated with me. It really resonates within me to keep a thick skin, but a tender heart. Now, why is it so difficult to do this? Why is it that ministry leaders struggle to maintain this spiritual, emotional, and relational equilibrium, this sense of balance, of centrality, if you will? Why is it so difficult? Well, let me give you a few reasons. First, it's difficult because ministry leaders deal with people at their worst and often with no-win situations. You know, as a president, when things ultimately reach my desk, it's because no one else in the organization knew what to do about the situation. And there's this assumption, well, the president will know. Well, let me give you a little secret insider information. The president has no clue. These are no-win situations. These are situations that get put before me where there's no clear-cut, yes, no, right, wrong, black, white answer. They're difficult situations. And some of these situations involve dealing with people at their worst. I think back over 40 years of ministry leadership, and I think about the evil, ugly, awful things people have done to each other and had done to them that have wound up on my desk or in my office. I think about the no-win situations where I, I look at the facts that have been presented to me and I realize it won't matter what I do, someone's not going to be happy. In fact, it may not matter what I do because everyone involved may be unhappy when it's over. When you face this kind of difficulty dealing with people at their worst and often dealing with what I would call no-win situations, it can lead to becoming jaded. 
to becoming jaded, to losing hope, to losing a sense of well-being, to losing a sense of confidence. And when people lash out at you because of the decisions you make in these contexts, it can harden up your heart and make you a lot less willing to be vulnerable, engaged, or even interested in the next situation that comes along. So the first reason that leaders struggle with keeping a tender heart and thick skin is because ministry leaders deal with people at their worst and with no-win situations. Here's a second reason. Ministry leaders are often emotionally involved with people, making us more vulnerable to being wounded. You know, the people I've worked with over the years have been important to me. I care about them. I care about their families. I care about their uh, their relationships with their spouses and their children. I care about their careers and the development of their potential. And because of that, I'm emotionally engaged with them and emotionally connected to them. And going back into my years of pastoral ministry, I would say it was even more in-depth in those years. People in a church share life together. We go through so much together. And those emotional connections uh, flow deep. And because of that, when difficulty comes, those wounds can be even deeper. And because of that, once you've been burned a few times, it's easy to become calloused and to say, no one's going to get that close to me again. I won't be that vulnerable again. I'm not going to take any more risks again on any kind of issue like this. No. I'm going to shut myself down emotionally. I'm going to harden my heart toward these issues. Well, a third reason that it's so difficult to maintain this kind of spiritual, emotional, and relational equilibrium is because ministry leaders can become preoccupied with the needs of others and neglect spiritual self-care. It is easy in ministry leadership to be consumed with the needs of others. I mean, there's always one more visit to make, one more sick person to go see, one more bereaved member to call on. There's always one more troubled teenager that needs help. There's just always one more person. And because of that, it's easy to allow the meeting of those needs to creep into all facets of our schedule so that spiritual self-care is lost. We lose that important time early in the morning with God, reading his word and praying and orienting our life toward him as we move into the day. We lose other aspects of spiritual self-care like Sabbath-keeping, like, uh, like relational reinvestment and rest with people that we love and care about the most. I'm talking about family time. We miss these things because we get so consumed with meeting the needs of others. Well, here's what we've said so far. It is important, as my friend told me, it is important to keep a thick skin and a tender heart. And it's so hard to do this because we deal with people at their worst and often in no-win situations. 
We are emotionally invested in people and because of that have a vulnerability to being wounded in those relationships. And we can become so preoccupied with meeting the needs of others that we neglect spiritual self-care. These three problems I've just described, I would put in the category of occupational hazards of ministry leadership. Now, an occupational hazard is an inevitable consequence of choosing a certain career. Every occupation has occupational hazards, whether you're a pediatrician or a truck driver or an accountant or a uh, ditch digger, doesn't matter. Whatever, with every profession, there are certain things that just kind of go with the territory that you have to learn how to manage. They can't be avoided because they come with the job. And these things I've just mentioned this so far on the podcast, these things are occupational hazards of ministry leadership. They can't be avoided, but they must be managed. So let's talk about it now. We've laid out the problem. What are some solutions? Well, first of all, let's talk about how to keep a soft heart in ministry leadership, how to keep a soft heart. What I mean by that is keeping a spiritual, emotional, and relational equilibrium so that we have a balanced perspective in our lives and we move through life sort of in a peaceful middle place, if you will, not careening from side to side out of control in life. So how do you maintain this soft heart? I'll just give you two suggestions today. These will not surprise you. If you've ever listened to me much on this podcast, you'll know these are frequent themes. Number one, you maintain a soft heart by staying actively engaged in a regular, personal, devotional relationship with God. Regular, personal, devotional relationship with God. I'm not talking about now preparing to speak to others. I'm not talking about studying to write a paper. I'm not talking about doing things that facilitate your ministry to others. I'm talking about you maintaining a regular, personal, devotional relationship with God. Now, for me, that centers on a couple of things. First, it centers on daily time with God. My goal is to meet God every day. I do not achieve that goal. As I've said to you on many occasions, I miss some days in my devotional time with God. Health concerns, travel schedules, ministry demands, yes, there are some days I miss, but they're rare. Most days, most days, I start my morning reading the Bible and praying about my life in relationship with God, bringing before him my personal concerns, my family concerns, and yes, even sometimes ministry concerns, but primarily coming before God to reorient myself to him and to practice spiritual self-care through the devotional practices of Bible reading and prayer so that I can keep my heart tender toward God. Now, there's another aspect of this for me, and that's, of course, Sabbath rest and regular rest. I have developed a pattern over the last uh, 35 years or so 
of pulling away on a regular basis for a day to rest and recover and refocus so that I might move back into ministry leadership more effectively. So the first step toward keeping a soft heart toward God and a soft heart toward people is to make sure that you maintain regular, personal, devotional life with God so that your relationship with Him remains alive and personal and meaningful and that the tenderness of your heart is brought into effect every day through that intimate relationship. And then the emotional and relational aspects have a lot to do with Sabbath rest, pulling away from time to time to recalibrate so that you're more emotionally and relationally ready to do the work God has assigned. So step one, I've described personal, spiritual disciplines and devotion, and of course, including in that, Sabbath rest. But a second big category, which has become so important to me, especially in the last few years of my life, has been maintaining what I call a friendship team, a friendship team that helps really keep me emotionally and relationally stabilized. Now, I've mentioned this before on the podcast as well. There are really four different categories of people I want on my friendship team. First is a mentor, someone I can go to with a problem and talk about some issue or situation that I think uh, he can help me with. Another person is a peer. This is someone who does the same job I do, maybe in a different organization, but who understands the pressures I'm dealing with on a daily basis and understands the work and challenges that we have to do. And then a colleague, that's someone I work with on a regular basis. I'm fortunate here at Gateway that I have uh, four, uh, five right now, but soon to be four with one retiring, vice presidents that are really my colleagues. And I get a tremendous amount of emotional support from them and relational connection with them. It's just so uh, invigorating, really, to have these kind of collegial relationships. And then finally, an everyday friend. And this is someone that uh, isn't a person I relate to as a ministry mentor or a ministry colleague or a ministry peer, but is instead just an everyday guy, someone that I can share life with and talk about other issues and aspects of life besides the work that I do on a daily basis. So why is it so important to have this kind of friendship team to keep your heart tender toward God and your heart tender toward relating to other people in ministry leadership? It's because of what I've already said, and that is we deal with people at their worst and in no-win situations, and we are emotionally involved with people, and especially when people wound us, that emotional vulnerability can be so painful. So that's why this friendship team offsets some of this. You see, I want to maintain my personal relationship with God through these devotional practices that I've been describing, but I also want to maintain healthy relationships with some key people in my life to bring balance to and offset so much of the demand of so many of these other relationships, which really just suck the life right out of me. So how do you keep a soft heart while developing a thick skin? Well, on the soft heart side of the equation, personal, spiritual, devotion, and developing a friendship team will contribute to maintaining spiritual, emotional, and relational equilibrium as you move through a life of ministry leadership. But now, let's talk about the other side of this equation. That's how you keep a soft heart. But how can you also develop a thicker skin? What does this mean? Well, a thicker skin means that you develop a little more toughness, if you will 
about some of the problems and the challenges and the difficulties that you experience so that not everything that happens to you is a debilitating experience which knocks you off your uh, stable foundation and shakes you a bit every time you deal with one of these kind of problems. So let me give you three suggestions that have helped me to develop a thicker skin over the years. Number one, don't personalize every problem. Just because, as a leader, you have to deal with the problem doesn't mean you caused it or that it's directed toward you. Now, I struggle with this because as a president, I, in some ways, personify the organization I lead. And so when anything happens to the organization, I automatically feel in some way it's happening to me. And when anything happens in the organization, I also often feel that I'm responsible for that action or that activity, and I'm certainly responsible to do something about it. So it has been a real step of growth for me to learn not to personalize every problem. Just because something happens at the seminary doesn't mean that I caused it, doesn't mean it's directed toward me. And ultimately doesn't mean that I'm going to be the solution for solving that particular problem. Don't personalize every problem. You know, sometimes when I was a pastor, people would say, well, I don't like the way you preach because you're not feeding me, or I don't like the way this program is organized because it's not meeting our needs, or I don't like the way the youth ministry is being conducted. It's not uh, connecting with my teenagers. And when I would hear these kind of comments, I would immediately personalize it and say, what have I done wrong? What do I need to do differently? How can I, how can I solve this problem? What can I do to get these people to uh, like me? What can I do to get these people to enjoy the program? What can I, get to do, can I do to get these people to convince their teenager that this is worthy of their uh, being involved? That was my natural default way of responding to these kinds of concerns being raised. But I've learned over the years that when people raise some of these issues, sometimes it tells me more about the person raising the problem than it does about me or my church, or in my case, the seminary that I lead. So don't personalize every problem. Don't be so thin-skinned that every time you hear something, you automatically assume you're the cause, it's directed toward you, or you are the ultimate solution. Second, Don't lose long-term perspective on issues. Don't lose long-term perspective on issues. One of the problems I've struggled with that causes me to have that thin skin is that I think every problem that comes up, because it comes up urgently in the moment, is significant and requires me to solve it in real time. Let me just ask you this question. Uh, what happened on Twitter today that bothered you? Okay, you know the answer to that. Question number two. What happened on Twitter six months ago, two years ago, five years ago that still matters today? Almost nothing. This is what I mean by perspective. One of the things that's helped me to develop a little thicker skin and not react so quickly and so aggressively to every little problem that comes up is some perspective where I just take a step back and say, is this really going to matter in six weeks, six months, in a couple of years? 
is this really going to matter? And if it isn't going to matter then, then why do I think it matters so much in the moment? Perspective. When I look back over past problems that I've tried to address, I'm sometimes astounded at how much time I spent on things that really didn't matter that much. (laughs) Another way of looking at this, I recently came to work and I thought I had two or three problems I needed to work on that day. And they seemed so important as I was driving to work that morning and thinking about those three problems. As I was working through them in my mind, I was just meditating and mulling and wondering, what am I going to do about these things that are so important today? Then I got to work. And after I got here, another problem emerged. And this one was so incredibly significant that it dwarfed these other three by leaps and bounds it exceeded them. And suddenly I had a real problem, if you know what I mean, that had to be resolved. So even things like that helped me to remain uh, to regain my perspective because I realized that in the moment when I thought I had some problems and then I had a real problem happen and I realized how let how much I had let these other things get out of perspective toward what really matters. So a thick skin. You can get a little thicker skin by not personalizing every problem and not losing perspective on how important issues really are. And then here's another one. Third, don't be confused about what constitutes a real problem. Now, I've already kind of alluded to this in the perspectives discussion, but now let me take it from a different perspective. Someone said to me recently, well, I was offended by what someone said to me on social media. And I thought, okay. Well, I know a seminary person who works in Ukraine who had their home destroyed, had to flee for their lives, and no longer has a job or any visible means of support. Now, that's a real problem. So a seminary person who says, someone said something mean about me on social media, and another seminary person who's lost their home, their livelihood, and fleeing for their life, one of those is a real problem. The other one is not. I'm really kind of amazed, honestly at how much time American Christian leaders spend whining, griping, and complaining about what people say about them as if somehow that's going to damage them. Most of the time, it's just frivolous words being put out on ridiculous platforms that really don't carry enough weight to last through the next 24-hour social media cycle. So get some perspective on what is a real problem. That'll thicken your skin up a bit because you're not going to be pricked, prodded, or pushed by these insignificant little things like a thin-skinned person would be. Instead, it's going to take something really consequential to move you along. Now, let's go back to the beginning. A friend and I were swapping stories about ministry leadership and about how we made it this far and what our mentors had taught us or told us along the way. And my friend said that a mentor put his arm around him and said, develop thick skin, but keep a tender heart. Man, that phrasing has really resonated with me. Keep a tender heart. 
develop a thick skin. I've spent too much of my life with the opposite situation. I spent too many years thin-skinned, letting every problem seem like it was significant, letting every emotional turmoil knock me off my foundation, letting every complaint from any person demoralize me, letting the difficulties of ministry and the emotional vulnerabilities that come with it leave me jaded and unconcerned. Too much time, way too much time with a thin skin. And frankly, without admitting too much, I suppose, I'd also have to say too much time with a hard heart. Just sort of glazing over and saying enough. I'm just not going to put myself out there anymore. Just not going to do this. Just harden up on the inside. Just lose that spiritual edge, that emotional connection, that relational capacity, just lost through hardness of heart. But I've asked God to help me, to help me to have a thick skin, to recognize what it takes to maintain that kind of resistance to these superficial issues that come at us. I don't want to personalize every problem. I want to maintain a long-term perspective. And I want to keep in focus what a real problem really looks like. I don't want to be thin-skinned. I want to be thick-skinned about these issues. But I also want to really focus on having a soft heart. I don't want to get to the end of my ministry leadership years jaded, calloused, unconcerned. I don't want to get to the place where I'm scarred over and I don't feel anymore. And so in order to do that, I've got to stay spiritually, emotionally, and relationally connected to God and to people through personal devotion and through a good friendship team, maintaining a kind of an equilibrium that will sustain me in ministry leadership. Listen, ministry leaders need a thick skin and a soft heart. Don't get those backwards. A thin skin with a hard heart is a path to discouragement. And quite frankly, it may even be an exit strategy out of ministry leadership. So I want you to take my friend's advice. Actually, the mentor of my friend's advice. And I want you to join me in pursuing a thick skin and a tender heart. I believe as you do this, you'll be a more balanced leader, a healthier leader, and a leader that will endure. So remember, thick skin soft heart as you lead on.